Praise the Lord, everybody. Pastor Fields here, and I thank God for another Wednesday, another opportunity once again to come together to go into the word of the Lord, to share his word, to receive a blessing from the word of God. His word blesses us all the time. And I want to thank you for your faithfulness and commitment to coming on every week uh, joining us, Greater Refuge Temple here in D.C. and Refuge Temple Annex in the Bronx and those of you all over the world who connect to this Bible study. I thank God for you. As we wait for those who uh, are coming in to the Bible study, I want to take this opportunity to thank those in the Mid-Atlantic Diocese for all that you did to to make it possible. Uh, our lead pastor, our host pastor and his wife, uh, Elder Joshua Bullock and Lady Shamir Bullock and the saints there, the Redeemed Church of Christ in Alexandria, Virginia, all of the pastors of the diocese, uh, the music, the food, the fellowship, uh, the preaching, the teaching, it was wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. God bless you. Let's have a word of prayer before we go into the word of God. Father, we love you so much and we thank you for this another opportunity to go into your word. We thank you for this time of fellowship, this time of meditation and reception of your word. Speak to our hearts today. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Well, um, today we're coming out of 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians and uh, the sixth chapter, verses 14 and through the first chapter of, the first verse, I'm sorry, of chapter seven. So that's Second Corinthians chapter six, verse 14 through uh, chapter seven, verse one. And I wanna talk about separation uh, on today, uh, did, you know, there should be a difference between us and the world. Uh, yet these days, uh, many times, uh, it's difficult to tell who's who. Uh, and I'm not just talking about appearance. I'm not just talking about clothes because remember, we've already taught several times that holiness begins on the inside. So uh, if we're right on the inside, mind and heart, uh, really, there would be a difference on the outside. Uh, it's a given. Uh, so, And we tend to focus on how people look outwardly, and we don't want to deal with what's going on inside. So um, my subject uh, tonight, they can, but we can't. And let me read 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 through chapter 7 verse number 1 it says be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness and what communion hath light with darkness and what concord hath Christ with Belial or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel 
And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, as God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them. Wherefore, come out from among them. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Mm-hmm. And will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Chapter 7, verse 1, having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. And again, title of the lesson tonight is They Can, But We can't. There must be a difference between us and the world because we're God's children. And remember, we taught a whole series on holiness. Be ye holy, for I am holy, is what the Lord says. Uh, so, um, if we want to be the best for the Lord, if we I'm including myself, want to be our very best for the Lord, then we can't afford to be careless or worldly or carnal. Uh, because Paul, in his uh, teaching to the Corinthian church, uh, he lets them know to be carnally minded is enmity against God. Uh, it is important that we do not lower our standards as apostolics or as uh holiness people uh, as the children of God, we should not be lowering our standard. We should be holding the standard high with pride. Yeah, um, we shouldn't be lowering our standards as it relates to right and wrong because uh, just because others who claim to love the Lord or other churches or other denominations or even people within our own uh, traditions now seem to be lowering the standard and even living in an undisciplined way. Anything goes. Uh, but our standard comes from the word of God. And the Bible says heaven and earth may pass away, but God's word will always stand. So he's, when you read the Bible and when you get in it the right way, you'll see that the Lord is calling for separation not isolation. You cannot witness to anyone if you isolate yourself or if, become, if we become cultish. But we are to separate ourselves. That is to say, um, he is calling me to voluntarily and deliberately separate myself from everything that is evil, shun the very appearance of evil, from anything that is evil are displeasing to him. I should hate what God hates. I should love what God loves. I should not accept what God does not accept. I should only accept what is pleasing to him and he alone. Um, so um, it's been said in the past by other Bible theologians uh, that separation is simply the power to live in the world, but not be of it. Like we are in the world, but not of it. So 
separation means uh, that I have the ability to live here uh, without being of here. I don't agree with that. I, I don't allow that. I don't, I don't spend time doing that because I'm a child of God. So um, just from the passages of scripture that I read, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 14 through verse 1 of chapter 7, we, we learn uh, that we are unique people. Uh, we are believers, not just believers, but we are distinct. We are we are different. Everybody says they're they're a believer, but um, everyone is not conducting themselves as a believer. Because if you believe, then you, we will, you and I will do what is expected of us as children of God. Um, he says, don't be unequally yoked together with unbelievers unequally yoked, tied in, uh, an alliance. Don't commit yourself to the world. Don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Mm -hmm. There, a believer is a worker of righteousness, someone who is living holy. In contrast, and the Bible is giving us contrast, in contrast, with workers of wickedness. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Uh, we are children of the light. We are not children of the darkness. Uh, we belong to Christ as children of God uh, and not to Belial. Uh, verse 15, and what accord hath Christ with Belial? Um, wow. We are part of a temple of God, and we have to have a separation. We cannot be involved in idolatry, right? Um, serving people, tie, so tied into to stars and stardom until we hold up people higher than we hold up God. Um, we are part of a temple of God. We are framed and fitly put together as his body. We don't belong to anyone else, right? Uh, so we should have no part of idolatry. Uh, verse 16, what agreement has the temple of God with idols? Uh, for ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. So, uh, listen to the word of God. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, and be ye separate. Now, you know, I've, I've had discussions with preachers and saints alike, uh, and you'd be surprised how much pushback you get from, from the saints uh, when you get into this particular scripture, um, you get denial or just straight up pushback. They don't agree with it. Uh, we, we can do, we're under grace. We can do whatever we want to do. We can hook up with whoever we want to hook up with. But the Bible is clear. Come out from among them and be ye separate. Who said that? 
saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Perhaps, perhaps this is why uh, God is not receiving everything. No, and, and some of the things we're bringing to God, he's really not receiving it. It's all flesh, and he's not receiving it because we're touching the unclean thing. Hallelujah. We haven't separated ourselves from the world. And as a matter of fact, in these times, it, it may appear like we are attempting to bring more of the world in God's house, more and more of the world, when we should be showing the world how to live and walk uprightly before the Lord. So he says, come out from among them and be separate from those who do not love our God and even deny him. How do they deny him in how they live, their lifestyle, uh, how they think, their morality? All of this comes clearer uh, into the picture of what holiness should be and what our attitude should be towards our relationship with God. Hallelujah. So, and notice, notice the force of the word um Wherefore, wherefore, wherefore come out from among them? Wherefore, the word wherefore is an archaic English word, uh, which simply means for this reason or for what reason, as a result of. Uh, today we say therefore. Back in King James' time, uh, the archaic word was wherefore. Uh, for this reason, you should come out from among them. Uh, come out from among them. Don't touch the unclean thing. Come out from among them. Be separate. God says, because I said so. Touch not the unclean thing and I will, I will receive you. I'll receive you. So, and what we're dealing with is uh, the technical term, I guess I should say, is the doctrine of separation. Uh, it's a very prominent biblical doctrine uh, that's really not dealt with too much uh, on how we should be separate. You know, even in the, in the Old Testament, the Lord spoke to Moses and said, tell Pharaoh uh, to let my people go that they may serve me. But his discussion uh, with Moses also included this, where he said, there shall be a difference between my children and the children of Egypt. Uh, they have to be separate. Uh, they're in Egypt, and they're starting to talk like the Egyptians, walk like the Egyptians, uh, live like the Egyptians, believe like the Egyptians. You know, even in the midst of all of the discourses that Moses had, uh, with Pharaoh and the plagues that came in. Uh, he told the people, stay in Goshen, but there were some who refused, hallelujah, to go into Goshen, uh, who refused to separate themselves from the Egyptians. And here's the problem we have in the church today is there are people who refuse to separate themselves from the filthiness uh, of the world. But the Bible is clear, come out from among them. They can do all that, but you can't because you are my 
child. The doctrine of separation, or another term for it is non-fellowship. We, we can't bind up with everyone. Hallelujah. We, we can't hook up with everybody. We can't commit to everything. I wish I had time really to get into this. It's, and, and this conversation is very controversial in the church. My Lord, if I bring up uh, sororities and being frat brothers and frat sisters, you all would write me all kinds of crazy letters, so I won't do, deal with it tonight. Hallelujah. But it needs to be dealt with because we should be separate from the world. Uh, it is emphasized uh, from Genesis to Revelation how we should be separated from the world, in it but not of it. Uh, for example, if I take you to Genesis chapter 1, verse 4, it says, And God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. Even the Bible asks the questions, how can light mix with darkness? We're either in the light or we're in the darkness, right? If I compare that to Genesis 12, verse number one, now the Lord had said unto Abraham, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house to a land that I will show thee. Compare it to Genesis 17, 10 and 11, You'll find these words, this is my covenant, which ye shall keep between me and you and thy seed after thee. Every man child among you shall be circumcised. So there's some questions. And ye shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be a token of the covenant between me and you. So separation. Hallelujah. There should be a separation between my children and the children of the world. It started all the way in Genesis. Uh, so here's some questions. Why was the ceremonial law given? And it's rhetorical. We'll get into it. Uh, why, why is a Jew forbidden to eat certain things, right? Uh, so in the word of God, we have ceremonial laws that are being instituted by God. Right, And we have things now that God is saying, I don't want you to do certain things. Um, why was a Jew forbidden to eat pork or certain, uh, certain fish? Leviticus 11 chapters and verse 7, I'm sorry. And the swine, though he divide the hoof and be cloven-footed, yet he cheweth not the cud. He is unclean to you. Uh, in the Bible, God lists two requirements for an animal. Uh, let's let's play with this for for a few moments. Um, for an animal, the term is kosher, or for it to be acceptable for them to consume for a Jew. And uh, animals must chew their cud and have split hooves. The Bible says uh, so. Pigs had split hooves, but they did not chew their cud. So um, because of this, the Jews were told you cannot eat the pig, its meat or its derivatives. Even in the seafood department, certain things we could only, they could only eat fish with scales and fins. So um, let me read the original translation of the divine command from Deuteronomy chapter 14, 
verses 8 and 10. It says, And the pig, because it has a split hoof, but does not chew the cud, it is unclean for you. You shall neither eat of the flesh nor touch their carcass. Uh, these you may eat of all that are in the waters, all that have fins and scales you may eat. But whatever does not have fins and scales you shall not eat. It is unclean for you. Now, listen, um, the kosher diet falls under the category of law. We live under grace. I understand and I know the story in Acts where he tells Peter, rise, slay, and eat. Don't call anything unclean that I have, or common that I have, have uh, given unto you. Um, so we're not under the law anymore. Uh, and some of the things you read in the Old Testament, you might say, well, it doesn't really seem logical. Uh, but they were to observe them because it was God's command. Whatever God tells us to do, we are to do. There are moral lessons, though. There are moral lessons. Listen, I love a stuffed pork chop or smothered pork chops just like anybody else. Hallelujah. And occasionally somebody will slip me some chitlins. Yes, uh, but I'm dealing with the moral lesson here. Um, there were several lessons I'll, I'll deal with, too. The birds and many of the mammals uh, that we don't eat are considered to be predators. Listen to me. Uh, so while the permitted animals that they were given by God that they could eat were not, um, they were commanded not to eat those animals that were possessive of a cruel nature. Predators have cruel nature. They go after, they attack. They, had, they have cruel nature. Eat those animals that have a positive nature, right? Um, listen to my notes. We're commanded not to eat those animals possessive of a cruel nature so that we should not absorb those qualities into ourselves. So the commandment uh, involved a refining of a person's self-discipline, the refining of self-discipline. And that's another that's another lesson within itself, but let's let that was a quick infomercial. Let's go back. Um, the Bible talks about not allowing uh, an ox and an ass or a donkey to plow together, right? That's Deuteronomy uh, chapter 22, verse number 10. Thou shalt not plow with an ox and an ass together. Uh, don't mix an ox with an ass or plant two kinds of seeds together. That's Leviticus 19 and 19. Ye shall keep thy statutes. Thou shalt not let thy cattle gender with a diverse kind. Thou shalt not sow thy field with mingled seed. Neither shall a garment mingled of linen and woolen come upon thee. We're going to get into it. Uh, Exodus 10 and 26 right, uh, gets into the fact, uh, and I'll read it, our cattle also shall go with us, there shall not a hoof be left behind, for therefore must we take to serve the Lord our God, and we know not with what we must serve the Lord until we come thither. Let's compare it with 
uh, the 11th chapter of Exodus in verse 7. But against any of the children of Israel shall not a dog move his tongue against man or beast that ye may know how that the Lord doth put a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. A difference, a separation. Let's compare it to Exodus chapter 33. Verses 15 and 16. And he said unto them, If thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. For wherein, for wherein rather shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? Is it not in that thou goest with us? So shall we be separated, and I thy people from all the people that are upon the face of the earth separation. I don't want you mixing. I don't want you serving their gods. I don't want you indulging in idols. I don't want you thinking like them because you belong to me. Leviticus 20 and 24. But I have said unto you, ye shall inherit their land and I will give it unto you to possess it. A land that floweth with milk and honey. I am the Lord your God, which have separated you from other people. It's all in the Bible. Second Timothy. Now I'll bring you to the New Testament because I hear you talking to me. Second Timothy chapter two, verse 19. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure. Having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ Depart, come out, depart from iniquity. So there must be a separation between God's people and the world. We don't live like the world. We shouldn't be thinking like the world. Hallelujah. The joy that we have, the world didn't give it to us. And the world can't take it away. The peace that we have. Hallelujah. It's different than what the world calls or considers peace. We are God's people. And there should be a difference between us and the world. So, um, listen, let's, let's dig deeper because this doctrine of separation and being separate from the world, it touches every part of our lives. Every single part of our lives. Um, our pleasures what amuses us, our habits, even how we eat. Yeah, uh, even how we dress. And here's another area because um, some people feel like, um, and we treat church now like it's the club. People who actually come to church dress like they, they go into the nightclub. I mean, for real, for real. Uh, lead play, praise and worship like they're like they're in the in the nightclub. Um, so where is the difference? There should be a difference. Where is the separation? If I can, if a, somebody can come to church and and feel like it's no different from being in church and being in the nightclub, where where is the difference? Right, even with the with all of the smoke uh, and some of the the effects, it's it's more like being entertained now. 
than coming to the house of God to worship. And there should be a difference. Listen, when uh, the Lord brought them out of Babylonia uh, and the Levite was told to write a new song, I believe it's the 92nd uh, Psalm, uh, he said, yes, play your music. Uh, but before he closed out the verse, he said, with a solemn sound. Listen, I'm going to read it for you. I want to read that verse for you. So give me a second because some of you might be looking at the screen like feels. Uh, you're going off today. You don't know what you're talking about. But it's, it's a, it is a song that was written after they came out of Babylon and they started coming back into the city to rebuild what the enemy had torn down and the Levite is told to write a song and he says, it's a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High. To show forth thy loving kindness in the morning, I'm in the 92nd Psalm, and thy faithfulness every night. Here's the music. Here's the worship. Upon an instrument of 10 strings, and upon the psaltery, upon the harp, with a solemn sound. So the Levite, he recognizes God has taken us out of Babylon, but we need to let God take Babylon out of us. No way should people come into, into God's house and feel like, still feel like they're in the club. Uh, and the saints looking like they're in the club, dressing like they're in the club, flesh, 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 everything, flesh, flesh, flesh. And even even the men, there should be a difference. And I know I'm going to get some letters and, and uh, emails. I'll read them. I'll even answer them. Uh, but the word of God says, come out from among them. Come out. Come out. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1, uh, because God gives us promises if, if we do this. Um, separation unto God and out of the world, hallelujah, means uh, that the same thing that uh, pleased me in the world doesn't give me pleasure anymore. My habits change, right? Uh, even what I read is different, hallelujah. You know how many of our young men are still struggling with, with pornography and, and feeling like it's okay. Uh, it's okay to do that. No, uh, it's something that you need to be delivered from. Hallelujah. Will you spend more time uh, reading certain uh, secular books that are tainting your mind against worshiping God? Uh, take that time and read the word of God, even our friendships. Uh, even the, even certain things we consider our occupation. Is it pleasing to God? Hallelujah. Holiness and walking upright before the Lord, it, it touches every area of my life, my outward life and what's going on inside of me. Second Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1 says, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and the spirit, perfecting holiness, perfecting 
holiness. Listen, you're not perfecting holiness if all you've done is put a prayer cap on your head and put on a white dress. And if all I've done is put on a suit and tie, no, perfecting holiness. Perfecting holiness deals with checking my habits. Hallelujah. Checking my pleasures, just checking my whole life, what's going on inside and what's going on outside. He says, Paul says, because we have these promises, we should cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of my flesh and my spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. So this thing touches everything. Um, so if we are to exercise the word, if we are to, to put his word into action about all of this stuff that I'm talking about concerning separation, hallelujah, we, we need to regard his word and have respect for his word and be willing to live according to God's desire, according to his word, hallelujah. And I need to say, I need to caution this, it's in God's word. Uh, but it does not give me the right to force this on anyone else, including the saints of God. Everyone is not going to receive it. But I will say, if you're not going to live according to God's word, then you will receive the results that comes along with rejecting or denying or pushing away the truth of God's word. You will reap what you have sown. Hallelujah. So we must follow the principles of God's word and allow God's word to unfold in our lives and live according to that word. Hallelujah. So let's consider the following things then. Here are some guidelines for those of us who want to commit our ways to God's word. Um, understand is what we're doing or thinking or wearing Mm-hmm. All of that. Or eating. Listen to me. Uh, will it glorify God or not? Will it glorify God or not? And some of you, I know me are quenched when I said and eating, because sometimes you might be with a brother or sister uh, that has an issue. Um, I went out with a brother uh, who stopped eating pork and I and I ordered chitlins and he was offended. Uh, so I had to apologize. He was offended. Uh, Paul even says, don't allow your liberty uh, to be an offense uh, to someone else. Check that because I don't want to be an offense to anyone. Um, I had I went out with a preacher once and I ordered and I love my steak. I love my steak medium well. Uh, and he was offended because he said, well, there's still blood. Uh, brother, and you're not supposed to. So I sent the steak back uh, and asked them to make it well done. It was still good. It wasn't how, I, but I because I didn't want to be offensive. Now you might think feels that's that's foolishness, but it's really not. Listen. So is what I'm living, how I'm living, what I'm wearing, right? You you insist on coming to church with all of your cleavage out and the split all the way up. Um, and then you get upset because some man in the church is staring at you. Now, he may have a problem in his flesh anyway, uh, but why give him ammunition? Why not be considerate? 
of, of the fact that you may be offending not only God, but someone else who's trying to live holy? Uh, will it promote or endanger my Christian walk? Will it help or will it hinder a weaker brother or sister? Consider these things. Will it prosper or will it damage my witness? If you're at work and you curse just like everybody else on the job, you're laughing at all of the dirty jokes just like everybody else, right? Is that prospering or damaging your witness for God, right? Or you come home from church and you have an unsaved husband or unsaved children, and you vehemently complain about the people in the church. They ain't this, they ain't that, she ain't this, I'm sick of this. And then you say, oh, why don't you come to church with me? Why? Why would they come to church after you've just talked so negative about everything? Because the first thing they're going to wonder, why do you go to worship there? Why are you worshiping there? So how can you, are you damaging your witness by what comes out of your mouth, by your attitude, by your lifestyle? Hallelujah. Will it please or grieve the Holy Spirit? What I'm wearing, how I'm living, what I'm thinking, uh, who I'm having a relationship with. Will it grieve the Holy Ghost? If I'm, if I'm involved uh, with someone who's not saved and don't want to get saved. Hallelujah. And I know they don't want to be saved, but I got to marry them. I got to be with them. No. Will it please or grieve the Holy Spirit? Will it lead me into or out of God's will? Yes. I know the job is lucrative, and it's, but will it take me out of God's will or will it bring me deeper into his will? Yes. Will it make the teaching of God, teaching about God more attractive or will it turn people away when they see my behavior or will they hear the things that come out of my mouth? Titus, I'm going to take you to scripture with that one. Titus chapter two, verse number 10, not purloining, but showing all good fidelity that they may adorn the doctrine of God, our Savior, in all things. And that verse is simply saying you have to be an example of what holiness and living for God and loving God is all about. What we say does matter. How we live does matter. How we dress, it does matter. Oh, yes, it does. It does matter. Hallelujah. How we walk and talk, it does matter. How we think, it does matter. So uh, this doctrine of separation uh, coming out from the world, uh, it's, it's not only a prominent teaching in the word of God, uh, but it touches every area of our lives. Also, uh, it brings a special promise to me. If I obey God's word, and separate myself from the world. I'm in it, yes, hallelujah. And I'm here, yes, uh, but I'm setting my affections on uh, things above. Uh, there are promises that come with that. Second Corinthians, let's go back, chapter six. Second Corinthians chapter six, and I'll read verses 17 and 18. Wherefore, come out from among them 
and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. And here's the promise. And I will receive you. And there are three. Let's go into uh, verse 18. And will be a father unto you. That's the second promise. And ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. That's the third promise. So right there between verses 18, sorry, verses 17 and 18, there are three promises that come with separation from the world. God says, I will receive you. God says, I will be a father to you. God says, you will be my sons and daughters. Remember the, the story of the prodigal son, um, Luke chapter 15, uh, verses 11 through 24. I won't read all of those verses for you for the sake of time, uh, but the prodigal son, he was a son, but remember, let's summarize the story. He goes away to a far country. Uh, he decides, I don't want to live here anymore. Give me my portion. Give me everything I'm supposed to have. Uh, so he disconnects fellowship with his father. I don't want to be here no more. Uh, so listen, when we're, we're living uh, unseparated lives, we're, we're, we're just like him, just like the prodigal son. When we haven't separated ourselves from the world, the world becomes so attractive to us that we don't want to be in the presence of the Lord anymore. People walk out of the house of God. They walk away from serving God. They, they want to go back out into the world. I hear those words coming out of Hebrews that says, how can we neglect so great a salvation? But he, he disconnects from his father. And when we live lives that are unseparated, we're like him. Uh, perhaps uh, I should say, and here's another word people in church don't like to hear. Now you're living in a backslidden mentality or backslidden state. You may have stayed in the building, but your heart and mind has never been separated from the world. You're missing in the world. Sometimes you rather be out there in the world. You're living away from your father. Uh, even though you're saying I'm his child uh, and, and we can be out of fellowship with him. And, and when you get that way, uh, we start acting immature and become disobedient. My God. So listen, and, and we understand the story. And I'm summarizing when the prodigal son returned uh, and separated himself from all that belonged to the far country. The Bible says he came to himself. After a while, he's sitting in the pig pen, eating pig food, eating what the swine eats. And let me tell you about something about pigs that some folks don't know. Now, I'm not a farm boy, but I learned this about pigs. Pigs eat in the same place that they go to the bathroom. It don't matter to them, right? They'll, they'll do what they got to do, and the farmer will put the food down there, and they'll eat it all up. And he's eating the same stuff that the pigs are eating. And that woke him up. He said, I had all that in my father's house and I'm here sitting, eating in the pig pen with the same stuff, the same gook that these pigs are eating. He said, let me return. Let me return to everything I separated myself from, all that belonged to the far country. 
I'm going to leave it there. And this is what the father did. It's a prime example of what the Lord is saying through the pen of Paul in 2 Corinthians. But here, Jesus is talking about the prodigal son, three things. Um, and let's go there to that portion, Luke 15, 11 through 24. But in Luke 15, uh, 20 through 21, the Bible says that when he returned, he received. He was received. He was received. Why? Because he separated himself from the world, from the far country. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and I am no more worthy to be called your son. But the father received him. That's the first thing that happened. Then he becomes, he becomes a father to him in a way that he could not be while he was in a far country. While his son was in a far country, he could not receive the benefits that come along with being a son. When, when we refuse to separate ourselves from the world and give our devotion to this God that saves us and takes care of us, we cannot, we're cutting ourselves off from all of the benefits that come along with being a child of God. You can't serve God and mammon at the same time. Hallelujah. You can't be in and out at the same time. Um, so let's get there. Luke chapter 15, verses 22 and 23. But the father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it. And let's eat and be merry. So he's reunited with the benefits that come along with being a child of God. We cannot have it both ways. We cannot say that we're in the house of God, we're worshiping and serving and living for God and have all of these fidelities to the world at the same time. It's impossible. You cannot serve two masters. So he receives him. When he separates from the world, the father receives him. The father becomes a father that he could not be to his son while he was out in the world. That changes. And then he dealt with him as a son. That's the final one. Luke 15 and 24. For this my son was dead. Hallelujah. And is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. The relationship came back together. And they, plural, they began to be merry. He was pleased to be with his father. And his father was pleased to have his son. So, listen, anyone that is not living a life that is separated from the world, uh, then they're, they're basically like the prodigal son who's really in a far country, mixed up, confused, um, with all the things of the world, right? Uh, out of real intimate fellowship with God. Um, not really enjoying all of the benefits that come with being in the sonship 
uh, being in the sonship and all of the provisions that being in my father's house bring me. If I'm going to be in the world, I'm cutting myself off. Now, if you're like this, if I'm talking to you, I'm not telling you to, to commit yourself to to expose yourself, but I need you right now to just lift your hands and say, Lord, I, I just want to be your child. Forgive me, hallelujah, for having more interest in the world than I have had in the things of God. We have to be separated. Come out from among them. We can't do what they do. No, we can't do what they do. They can't but we can't, hallelujah. They can, but we can't. So listen, um, and listen, I know you may be looking at others who claim to be children of God. And there, there are many, they claim to be children of God, but they may be worldly. And I'm not really just talking about the outward appearance. They're not really committed uh, to the holiness of God. They're mixing holiness with worldly things, right? Um, I was flipping channels and, and, you know, looking to listen to someone, um, you know, because I spend a long time, a lot of time studying and reading and praying and preaching, and I want someone to, to feed me. And I, and I came across someone teaching and what drew my attention was not what he was saying. It was, it was what he had in his hand. He's sitting there teaching the Bible, smoking a cigar. And I was, I was astonished. Uh, he's teaching the word of God, puffing on a cigar. Uh, smoke like, and it's fine. Obviously, he didn't have a problem with it. Um, but I felt that it was a dishonor because he's he's just like anyone else um, smoking a cigar. And I'm wondering, well, what else does he do that the world does? Um, so, of course, I, I kept going and I found another minister uh, and I was ministered to. Uh, but there are those who may claim to be a child of God or a Christian, if you may, uh, but they dishonor the Lord by, by listen, going to questionable places. And I don't mean to witness. They, go, they fraternize. Why would someone who loves the Lord and is filled with the Holy Ghost, why would someone go to the club on a Saturday night and drink and dance and uh, do whatever people do, even fraternize certain other places, uh, mixing with those who ridicule and blaspheme the name of God or who adopt worldly standards, right? Uh, but you can't be like that. Not if you're going to really uh, live for the Lord. You can't be like that. Not if you're really serious about making it into glory and being pleasing to God. There's a reason why the Bible says, be ye separated, come out from among them, from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Old Testament, don't marry their children. Don't get caught up with them because they're going to pull you away from your God. And your God is the only one and true God, right? 
Solomon married all of these women outside of Israel, and they worshiped other gods. Yes, and because of this now we have droves and other altars that are built to other gods, and it was an insult to God. Hallelujah. You cannot mix anything with your salvation, with your walk. So, um, you cannot be like the world. Hallelujah. It would not be best for you. It would not be best for your relationship with God. He's a jealous God. He will not share his love or share his children with anyone. So if you really want to be like the Lord Jesus, if we really want to be like him, right? Now he says, beloved, now we are the sons of God and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. And all of these wonderful things the word of God says about his children. Why are some so determined to be opposite of their savior? Hallelujah. If we want to be like Jesus, we have to be holy, blameless, pure, and set apart from the world. Glory to God. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 26. For such a high priest became us, who was holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens. Hallelujah. If you really want to be like Jesus... You said you wanted to be like him, right? Second Corinthians, let's read it again. Chapter seven, six, rather. Uh-huh. Verses 17. I'll start at verse 17. Wherefore, come out from among them. If you really want to be like Jesus, you got to come out from among them and be separate because God said so. And don't touch the unclean thing. And he says, and I will receive you. I will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Hallelujah. So, um, in all of this, we're still not robots. We're human beings, and I, I recognize this. So a uh, question that I'm throwing in there, then what about choice? Does God, does salvation eliminate choice? All this tongue-talking people do, does it eliminate choice? And the answer to that is no, because obviously even those of us in the house of God, those who uh, have been saved, come to a place where we make the wrong choices. We make bad choices still. Uh, we can choose. We can choose still. Listen, just like Adam and Eve, they were given a choice and they chose to eat of the tree that God said don't eat from. And just because you have the Holy Ghost uh, does not mean uh, that you have no choice. He does not brainwash us, right? So we can choose. You can make a choice not to keep uh, the corrupt darkness in your minds that the world wants to shove in front of your face. You can choose to accept it or not accept it. You don't have to accept all of this that you see and you you can close your eyes or turn the channel. 
Hallelujah. So you can choose not to keep or you can choose to keep. Choose you this day. Hallelujah. And sometimes after the Holy Ghost, you still got to get up and make the right choice. Yes, you have freedom to choose still. You have that same freedom that you've been using to choose the Playboy book over the Bible. You have that same freedom to choose the word of God. I choose the word of God. Change your choices. Hallelujah. Change your talk. Change your thinking. You have the freedom to choose Jesus always. Romans 12. Let's go there. Yes, Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. You know what the sacrifice is? You have to die daily. <laughs> and listen, let me help you. You don't just die uh, to get the Holy Ghost. You have to die daily. You got to check flesh every day. Yes, you do. Just like you, you talk to people, you better talk to yourself. Tell yourself to behave. No, you know better than that. Hallelujah. Get into the word. So when you have the wrong thoughts, sometimes you got to quote scripture on yourself. Yes, you do. Touch not the unclean thing. Talk to yourself. Just like you fuss at people, sometimes you got to fuss at yourself. Fields, you know better than that. You know God wouldn't be pleased with that. You and I should be dying daily. But Paul said, I learned how to mortify the deeds of the flesh. So here's Paul said, I'm begging you, brothers, by the mercies of God that you present yourself unto your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, which is acceptable unto God. And it's your reasonable service. And don't be conformed to the world. Don't be like the world. Don't be like the world. Oh, my Lord. I just lost some of you. You may not even want to come back. But don't be like the world and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you would prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So it's a daily thing. It's a daily commitment. Hallelujah. My God. Killing this flesh every day because flesh will mess you up. Hallelujah. And don't look over there to them. They can do it, but not me. I can't do that. Hallelujah. Remember, you have power in Christ. You have power in Christ. You can live holy. We can live holy. Yes, Yes, put it in the comment section. We can live holy and make it personal. I can live holy. Yes, I can. I can. 2 Corinthians 12 and 9. 2 Corinthians 12 and 9 says, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. So listen, you're not by yourself. When those cravings or temptations come, um, and when the world is pulling at you, you're not by yourself. You have the strength of God with you and you might be weak in your flesh, but he says, my strength, my strength, my strength. So we have to learn as we walk with God to lean on him. What a fellowship, what a joy divine leaning on his everlasting arms. 
Hallelujah. We got to learn how to lean on him. We can't do it in ourselves. My grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Hallelujah. Paul says, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities than the power of Christ. That the power of Christ. And Paul explains the reason why God left that thorn in the flesh was so that he wouldn't, and I'm paraphrasing, so he wouldn't get the big head. I think he's arrived or to think he can do it without God. So he says, and I'm learning how to glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Hallelujah. The power of Christ. So I'm making it through this, through all of this stuff, because the power of Christ is resting on me. I'm going to close out with this. Uh, because the word of the Lord is telling us that we need to be separate. Stop mixing so much with the world until they can't tell the difference between my child and someone who's part of the world. Remember that uh, because of the Christ living in you, that you are a representative of another world. In the world, but not of it. Hallelujah. Having, having said that, it does not give us license to be self-righteous. You cannot be a good witness and be self-righteous. We can't walk around treating people um, like we are better than them. We are on our way to a better place, uh, yes, uh, but it doesn't mean that I have the right to be self-righteous or even self-righteous and treat people in my own environment who may have issues in their life. We are ambassadors for Christ's kingdom. Yes. <laughs> uh, one scripture Paul writes, he said, uh, Peter rather says, we are sojourners. Uh, after God, the Lord Jesus saves us, we have become sojourners. We are pilgrims passing through this world. We are, we are visitors now. Uh, we are in a place that's really not our home. And what we should be doing while we're here is showing people how amazing, hallelujah, our God is and talk to them about what is to come. He has prepared a place for us, hallelujah. It is amazing home. Uh, and we should be inviting everyone to come with us, be witnesses. Let your light so shine before men that they would see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. We are lights of hope. We are lights of hope to those who are stumbling around in darkness. Yes. And we should be shining. Not trying to be like the world. We should be shining and showing them the way to Jesus Christ. So, you are an ambassador. I am an ambassador. What is a, an ambassador, listen to my notes, is a diplomatic agent of the highest rank accredited to a foreign government or sovereign as the resident representative. So, you're living here in this world. You are a resident representative of heavenly citizenship. Hallelujah. My God, yes, we represent the kingdom of God. We have been appointed for a special, listen, a special temporary diplomatic assignment. 
Why do I say temporary? Because Jesus is coming back for us. Hallelujah. I don't know when, but he's coming back for us. So this assignment here on earth is temporary. We have a temporary diplomatic assignment of showing people what holiness is all about. What serving our Savior would bring to them the benefits of serving such a holy and wonderful God. So we should be living our lives in such a way that those who don't believe can see that there is something different about us. Hallelujah. Something good, something wonderful is going on in our lives. Something different, something that will make them curious. Hallelujah. My God, so curious until they'll want what you have. What must I do to be saved? And I'm not telling you to hate the world. I'm not telling you that we should hate the world. We should be separate. God did not tell us hate the world. He said the world would hate us, but he didn't tell us to hate the world. As a matter of fact, John writes and said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believeth on him will not perish, but they will have everlasting life. So I'm not telling you just because this world is not our home that we should hate the world. Doesn't mean that we should despise it. We, we can still enjoy things here. Yes, we can. Beautiful creation, beautiful places that God has given us that we can go to. Hallelujah. However, remember that there is a dangerous darkness here. Hallelujah. All you have to do is turn on the news, read your newspaper. That's all you have to do. There is a dangerous darkness here that we must avoid. Don't get tangled up in the affairs of the world until you forget that this is not our home and we should be separate. We should come out from among them. That the sinful lifestyle should not be mentioned among the people of God. Hallelujah. So listen, uh, because there's a dangerous darkness here that we must avoid. The world's values are not the things Jesus values. So our values should not be the same as the world's values. The world's pleasures, hallelujah, are not the pleasures of an ambassador of Jesus Christ. No, hallelujah. Tempting as they may be, they should not be the same values or the same standard or the same morality. No, Hallelujah. We are the children of God. Daniel said, we will not eat the king's meat. Hallelujah. No, because that meat has been offered to idols. We have a standard and we don't mean to offend you, but we will not eat the king's meat. Hallelujah. Personal pleasure is no longer our goal. Pleasing our flesh, no, is no longer the goal in life. Not like it was before we got the Holy Ghost. Everything was what I want, what I want, what I need. I, I'm old enough to do no, but rather uh, the worshiping of this living God, hallelujah, who has brought us out of darkness into his marvelous light. And he has told me to separate from the world. Be not entangled in this world. Hallelujah. Be ye separate from this world. Come out from among us, among them, I should say. So 
In my closing, we should make every effort to live, think, and act. Live, think, and act like an ambassador of Jesus Christ. Living, thinking, and acting like we are ambassadors for Jesus Christ, the kingdom of God. We are princes and queens and princesses and queens and kings. Yes, hallelujah. Not of this world, but of another world, the kingdom of God. I'm going to stop here. I hope you've gotten something out of this lesson. Hallelujah. I've given you what God has let me to give you. Uh, they can, but we can't. And we shouldn't want to be like the world. Oh, to be like Jesus, to be like him. Oh, how I want to be like him. You're so high and holy, so meek and lowly. How I want to be like him. I want to pray for you, my brother, my sister. Those of you who are desiring prayer. Perhaps um, those of you who are struggling with separation. Those of you who are struggling with coming out from among the world and living like the world. You have become used to being like the world. With the Lord saying, I've called you up to a higher standard. I want to pray for you. I want to pray even for those who may be in the backslidden state and you've, the Lord has directed you to listen to this lesson on tonight. I want to pray for you also, even for the body of Christ that will have a commitment to God, that we'll do our very best to be more and more like him so he can receive us, so he can be our father, and so that we can be his sons and daughters. Father, in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, I pray, hallelujah, for those who are here under the sound of my voice, who have connected with this lesson on tonight, Touch their hearts and minds. Someone may be struggling, oh God, having difficulty. Being your child, being separate from the world. The world seems to have a grip on them. I pray that you'd give them strength, that they'll cut it loose. <laughs> oh God, that they'll give it up and embrace you. Hallelujah. That they'll give their all to you so they can receive the benefits that come with you being their father and them being your son or your daughter. Bless as only you can. In Jesus' name, amen. You want to be baptized in Jesus' name? You haven't given your life to the Lord? Send me a request. Admin at grtdc.org. Someone from my staff or even myself will reach out to you. I'll tell you what you need to do. We'll make arrangements for you to be baptized, even for tiring for the Holy Ghost. It can happen. God can save you in, on a Zoom call, on a telephone call. To the utmost, he saves. Anywhere, anytime, God can fill you with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost. If you have a special request of prayer, you want me to lay it on the altar, touch and agree with you, send that request in. Admin at grtdc.org. You want to plant a seed in this ministry? You can do so. Technician will put that on the screen for you. Plant that seed, won't you? 
you want to pay your tithes, you can. And those of you at RTA in the Bronx and New York area, you may use Givelify. Father, we thank you for those who are about to plant seed in this ministry. I ask that you bless them. Take that seed, bring forth harvest. Open up the windows of heaven and pour them out a blessing, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. I've taken enough of your time and I want to thank you. I want to thank you for tapping into this lesson on tonight. I pray that the Lord would allow us to come together again on next week. But until then, be careful, be prayerful, and be holy. Shalom, shalom. Shalom.